welcome. This is Victoria Schneps, president of Schneps Media. And today I have an A-lister. I have a great A-lister that's very dear to my heart with the work he does. And it's Bill Mesigliano. Did I say it right, Bill? Mesigliano? You did, Vicki. Very good. All right. And he is a partner in the firm of Rizzigano and Philippe. And they are attorneys that we met in the Bronx and doing special personal injury work, particularly made his niche helping people who have suffered from brain injury. And I am so happy to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you. So great to be here. So everybody has a beginning. You know, they say a beginning, middle and an end of a life. And I wanted to take you back to your beginning of your life in terms of where you grew up and, and how, what gave you your start? What gave you your inspiration to achieve success as an attorney? Well, I grew up in a town by the name of Bloomfield, New Jersey. And I think from a young age, the, the inspiration for me was my dad. My, my father was a very responsible guy. He was a very honorable guy. And he believed very strongly in doing things the right way. I remember in his office, he had a plaque that said, why is it that there's always time to do the job over, but there's never enough time to do the, do the job right? And he stressed uh, with me from a very young age, education, always putting in uh, 100% and making sure that you're accountable for, for what you do. And, and a, lot, uh, a large part, I think, of my success has been those lessons that he taught me from a very young age. It's interesting, isn't it, how those um, impressions talk about in the brain? Uh, stick with us and just kind of are in, internalized as a way of life. And it's it's so remarkable when I speak to people how their earliest life and their family have influenced them so. And then, you know, your journey into the law, was that a smooth journey? Was it something you wanted to be? I wanted to be a teacher since I was a little girl. <laughs> I love my second grade teacher. What about you? Uh, when I was a little boy, I told everyone I wanted to be a doctor, and I found out very quickly that that wasn't going to be the case because I, I can't really stand the sight of blood, and I'm not really a math and science guy. But I always liked um, English and writing. I was a voracious reader. And in high school, I had a social studies teacher who I was particularly close with, and he was a mentor, and I spent a lot of time in his office. And my junior year, I was thinking about going to college and what did I want to do? And, and we had a long conversation and he suggested to me that maybe I consider being an attorney. He said, I think that it would be a profession that would really be suited to your abilities. So when I got to college, I, I wasn't sure that that's what I wanted to do, but I started to take some classes uh, in constitutional law and criminal law and other types of law in college. And I found that I was interested in that. And that's sort of how, that's sort of what led me ultimately to law school. Interesting. So did you stay close to home or did you, did you fly the coop? <laughs> uh, I, well, I went to law school out in Long Island and uh, because that you was- You went to Toro, didn't you I went, go to Toro? I did. I went to Toro. At the time, it was a very young school. It was only, it had only been accredited for about 10 years. It has a much different reputation now, but when I went there, it was a very young school. And I had a, I got a great education there. I, the professors I had were fantastic. I really felt once I began practicing law that Toro had prepared me for being an attorney. 
But th the real education comes once you're out of law school and you start to handle cases on your own and you start to observe different attorneys. And uh, that's kind of where the real education begins. You only learn so much in law school. Well, you know, my first husband was a lawyer and, uh, you know, he was in a private practice, his own. He started his own mm -hmm. after working at a bigger firm. How did you come to be in your firm? How did you launch it? I got fired. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, which I, I've come to learn a lot of successful people. That's what happens to them. I was working at a firm, very unhappy. I had thought about starting my own practice for a while, but had just not pulled the trigger. And it was uh, late on a Friday, and I was in the middle of dictating a, an appellate brief. And the office manager came in and she said, I'm sorry to tell you, but we're letting you go. And I was able to negotiate a month's severance. And I went home and I got my resume together and I was in the process of sending it or I was going to send it out to some other law firms because I needed a job. And I stopped and I said to myself, I can't do this anymore. I can't work at another law firm for somebody else, be unhappy. I, and I, this, is the, this is the first and probably only time this ever happened to me in my life. There was no other choice but to go out on my own. It wasn't even a decision. It was just something that I felt compelled to do. And when I went out on my own, I had no office, no money, no staff, no clients, nothing really. I just did it. And fortunately, very early on, uh, through a lot of hard work and effort and luck, I did get some breaks and I went from that to you know what we have now, a, a law firm of 12 people and uh practicing in two different states. So it's been it's been quite a journey. So, you know, it's interesting from adversity, good will come. And, and I'm a big believer in that, you know, in my life, having also started from scratch in my living room with one newspaper. Yes. So I understand we can totally relate to each other and how you build, you know, but I think there's a magic word called hard work. So, you know, when you started building your practice, was it, uh, I, you're calling it now personal injury practice, but did that happen by happen chance that you went to that specialty? No, I always knew that I wanted to be a personal injury attorney. In fact, I always say to my staff, I really can't complain about what I do because I wanted to have my own practice. I wanted to be a trial attorney and I wanted to practice personal injury law. So I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So it was it was by design. It took a while to get to the point where we're at now. But that's also part of the fun that the journey is really the fun part of it all, as you as you know. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I see that you've also become a specialist on brain injury lawsuits, but brain injury and the association is something that's become your passion. Tell me a little bit about how that revolved. That was a great experience. I, there was a period of, of time where I was trying cases for other lawyers, and I had a colleague who had a case. It was a traumatic brain injury case. It was an eight-year-old boy who, he was on a school bus. And the school bus driver used to play this game called zigzag, where she would make the bus go back and forth. And she zigged when she should have zagged. And this young boy went headfirst into the window of the school bus and had a traumatic brain injury. So my colleague asked me to try the case. And I had never tried a traumatic brain injury case before, but I agreed to take it on. And I spent two months preparing. I spent a month just reviewing the file. And then I spent a month studying how to try a traumatic brain injury case. And I was absolutely fascinated by the brain, by how to present the case. And the trial was just, uh, I mean, it was one of the great highlights of my career. We, we got a very good result. 
And then I started to attend conferences where there were the other traumatic brain injury attorneys. And a lot of the lawyers in my business are not very skilled. They don't put the time and effort into what they do. But when I went to this conference, I realized that the attorneys that were there were some of the best attorneys in the country. And I, I remember thinking to myself, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. I want to be as skilled and as proficient as these men and women that I saw at the conference. And so I began studying everything I could, reading everything I could, uh, talking to these other lawyers about how to be, uh, how to best present a, a traumatic brain injury case. And one of the really rewarding things for me was this past September, I was asked to speak at the same conference that I went to so many years ago when I, I didn't know anybody and, and really didn't know much. So it's it's really been a great experience for me. Working with these clients has been a, a, an incredible experience because as we were talking about before, most of my clients who have traumatic brain injury really need help. And you just, to be able to be in a position to help them and to hear them and to have the patience uh, to deal with some of the issues they're dealing with is, is very, very rewarding. So it's it's been a great thrill for me. So I know that you've been certainly handling these cases, but you've also gotten involved with an organization that benefits people who have had traumatic brain injury. Tell me a little about the organization and what its structure is. Well, there, there's a few. There, um, I'm on the board of, of an organization called Pink Concussions, which is an organization that focuses on traumatic brain injury in women. Uh, women particularly have some real issues when it comes to traumatic brain injury. I've been very involved, as, as I mentioned, with the uh, with NABIS, which is the North American Brain Injury Society. They're, they're very much involved in educating attorneys on the uh, the ever-changing landscape of traumatic brain injury. Because if you want to practice as a traumatic brain injury attorney or an attorney who handles those kind of cases, you have to constantly study the medicine because it's changing so rapidly. And so I've, I've been very involved with um, those organizations, the Brain Injury Alliance of New Jersey. Um, so those, those are the organizations that I've primarily been involved with in terms of uh, brain injury. You know, I just was very struck when you said to me, I can meet with someone and see that they have a problem. What, what is it that you see? So when every single client that comes into our office, we screen them for brain injury. I went to a seminar many years ago with a great uh, trial attorney who had a screening sheet or list of common symptoms that people with traumatic brain injury have. And we began to screen clients when they come in to see if they have a traumatic brain injury. And I have to tell you, I, I've had many clients who come in and I begin to screen them. And I can tell right away, based upon their symptoms, that they have a traumatic brain injury. And I'm going to stop you right there. One second. I've got to interrupt. Can I don't know if I could challenge you. Can you give me some of the symptoms that people should know? Sure. Well, the biggest one is what what's known as post-traumatic amnesia. So sometimes clients re don't remember or don't recall certain parts of what happened. So you'll have a client say to you, um, I was crossing the street, I saw some headlights coming toward me, and the next thing I knew, I woke up in an ambulance or in the hospital. There's a period of time 
that they've completely lost that they can't remember. That's probably the biggest indicator that someone not only has a traumatic brain injury, but they're going to suffer long-term consequences. Dizziness, lack of focus, sensitivity to light and noise, um, difficulty finding words. These are all things that people commonly have, a nausea or vomiting. These are all common signs. And I've had a lot of clients who will be in my office and I'll tell them, listen, you have a traumatic brain injury and they'll begin to cry. And they'll say to me, nobody thought that my injuries or the symptoms were legitimate. Everybody told me I was crazy or I was making them up. You're the first person to tell me that the symptoms I have actually mean something. And that is also rewarding because very often, I think had they not come to us, I don't know that a medical professional would even spot that they have a traumatic brain injury. So we're able to recognize it and then make sure that they get the proper help. Well, you know, I think you've been on a great journey of helping people um, make a career out of it. You know, I, I do what I love and I think you're the same way. You do what you love. And I'd love you to give me some uh, tips of uh, success secrets. What do you think people need to do to be as successful as you are or to be successful? Well, I think that there are some common ingredients that you have to have. The first and, uh, and foremost is you have to believe in yourself. If you have a goal and you have a dream, you have to believe in yourself because I can't tell you how many times over the course of my career I've heard, you can't do it, you won't do it, you shouldn't do it. And because I had such a strong belief in myself and what I was striving for, not only did I not listen to it, but I used it as fuel. I would say to myself, okay, watch, watch me do it. So you really have to have a strong belief in yourself and you have to stick to that no matter what. I think you also have to be tenacious and have real perseverance. There's going to be some tough times, some frustrating times, some times where maybe you question yourself or whether or not you can do it, but you have to hang in there. You have to, you know, you may have a rough day, but you, there's always the next day. And you have to constantly just keep striving for that goal, no matter what, keep it in sight and just keep moving forward. And the other thing, and, and, and the other thing that I found has been really helpful is when I see other people that are successful, and I don't just mean monetary success, they may be successful in their work-life balance. They may be successful in their family life. Um, there's, there's all kinds of different things that, that can make up being successful. When I see someone who is successful, I'll sit down with them and I'll, I'll ask them, what makes you successful? What have been your secrets? What, what things do you do to be successful? And I usually incorporate those things and sometimes even steal those things uh, and make them part of my repertoire. And uh, if you sit down with someone that you admire and you think is successful, they'll be more than happy to tell you how they got to the point where they're at, how they achieved their success. And you learn a lot about what it takes to be successful. So I, I find that that's also been very helpful to me in, in reaching my goals. It's remarkable. You know, life I consider a great adventure, yes. a, a journey of adventures. And nobody uh, promised us a rose garden. There were always right. going to be thorns in our lives. And even so, you know, I think the roller coaster of life is worth going the, uh, the highs, beat the downs. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I, I really love your story. I said to my staff recently, because I, I have a lot of employees who, who've been here a, a long time. And I said to them, you know, the ultimate destination that you reach is kind of the cherry on top. And sometimes when you reach the goal, 
it's more a sense of relief. The real fun part is the journey, is the ups and downs, is, you know, you're going to have your, your, your losses and your, your failures, but you're going to learn from them. And it's that journey that you go through to, to your ultimate destination that's really the good stuff. That's the most rewarding part of achieving your goals, I think. Well, I think you hit on something. You've hit on the gold mine. You've hit on the, the gold load of, of, of success, <laughs> of being good advice for us. And I appreciate so much talking with William Vesigliano, who is a partner in Vesigliano and Philippa, who uh, practices as an attorney, actually, in the Bronx and yep. is one of our Bronx power listers. Yes. So we are so proud to have you here at this podcast. And this is Victoria Schnepp saying bye now till next time. Thank you.